0: Welcome to the Data Guru Podcast, where your hosts, Scarlett Burks and Laurel Wilhelm-Volpe. We will trade off hosting duties this year to bring you a wide range of data experts discussing audience strategy, emerging trends, and practical ways to boost campaign performance. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this month's Data Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Laurel Wilhelm-Volpe, and this month we are talking about contextual targeting. Contextual targeting has been getting a lot of coverage in our trade pubs lately. We wanted to dive into Axiom's perspective on this with two experts. I'm joined today by Linda Harrison and Cristiani de Carvalho. Linda, will you introduce yourself, please, and then we'll pass it over to Cristiani.
1: Sure. I'm Linda Harrison, and I'm well known in the company as the Data Guru, which is a great moniker I made up years ago, but really... I run a team that helps clients understand Axiom data and how it can be used digitally, what's working, what's not, an ambassador for data. Cristiani?
2: Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Cristiani de Carvalho, VP of Business Development and Strategy here at Axiom, and I am based in New York. I support um, the vertical, the consumer vertical and the Latin Vertical, and I am an SME on the Axiom Semantics and Data-Driven Contextual. And
0: that is why you get the first question, Cristiani. What is Contextual Targeting?
2: Contextual Targeting is when you buy a page with relevant context and content to serve an ad. Reason why it's so important to select the right page with the right context. A really good analogy that I like to use when explaining what is contextual targeting uh, is think of contextual targeting as a real estate and the billboard as the ad. You need to select the right real estate to put the perfect billboard. So you need to select the perfect page to serve your ad.
0: Cool. So is this something new? It it doesn't sound like it, but people are really talking about it a lot lately. So why is that?
2: Great question, Laurel. So no, no, contextual targeting is not new. That was a methodology used back in the day. But then cookies came, the technology advanced, and you could follow that cookie and serve an ad anywhere that cookie go. And contextual target stayed a little bit on the background. But now with cookies going away, contextual target is back. And um, usually I see an average of, uh, when we look into the campaigns, we see twenty percent of the budget allocated to contextual targeting. And with cookie deprecations, cookie going away, brands are already preparing, and this number is in, is increasing significantly. That makes sense.
0: And Linda, I mean, you're talking to those brands all the time and giving advice and and you know trying different strategies for campaigns. Uh, what is a good example of a marketing initiative that's a good candidate for contextual targeting and contextual campaigns?
1: Yeah, so most marketing campaigns can be extended by using contextual in addition to a semantic offering. So we can reach the cookie of the user who's doing something, perhaps in market for a cruise, something like that, but you can also just hit the page that they're landing on. So that way, if we can't find the person, Right, the user from the cookie, we can just hit them up on that page, so that way you've got a second chance, basically. We're covering all bets today. I like it.
0: And so, if I'm hearing you guys right, it sounds like this is the digital equivalent of buying a spot during a TV show. You know, like I know that people interested in hunting will be watching Duck Dynasty, so I'm going to buy my ad then. Is you know, is that right? And how do we distinguish that being the digital equivalent of that to data driven contextual, Christiani? Because I know you have spent a lot of time and thought around how do we how do we make contextual smart, Christiani? Can you kind of give us a little bit of a, an understanding of how this actually works? You know, from a platform side, because I know that you know all of the people are not going through and identifying page after page after page. So how, how do we really find the correct pages for a campaign?
2: This is a perfect analogy in a, um, when you compare contextual targeting to TV targeting, right? When you buy a TV show, when you buy a spot, you try to understand who watches that TV show. So if you are um, buying a cooking show, it makes sense, you understand exactly who is the audience uh, watching that show and then you, if you have a product that makes sense to advertise on that TV show, you would buy that TV show. Contextual targeting works the same way. You need to make sure you're buying the right page to serve an ad. So, you increase the chances to reach your audience. So, if as Linda mentioned, if you cannot find that audience in, a, in the cookie world or in the user-based world, you would be covering your ground with the contextual targeting. So, uh, contextual targeting, really similar. And it would be humanly impossible for us to select a list of pages, right? Like, imagine the size of the internet today. So, we do use the language recognition and AI to select the right pages. We have integrations with the platforms really close. So, as we see um, an opportunity, we are able to scan that page and make a decision if that page meet the criteria input by Data Guru, uh, if that is a yes or no to serve that ad. But Data Guru is building those contextual targeting by inputting the right keywords that is relevant to that uh, campaign strategy.
0: That sounds really cool. So, you know, as I'm thinking of, you know, you've mentioned the importance of context a few times because we've had conversations about this before. I know one of the examples that we often use is, you know, maybe somebody a landscaping company. As a campaign that they want to target homeowners who are putting in flower beds and, you know, they're having a sale on their rocks. But if you just put in rock, you could end up on a site about music. So I think the, the importance of Data Guru creating that topic so you're on a landscaping page as opposed to a music site, you know, makes a big difference.
2: That's why it's so important to have the the linguistic learning, right? Being able to understand that rock can mean so many other things. It could be rock and roll, rock rock the movie star and others. So yes, it's a perfect example.
0: Yeah. So so Linda, how do people know when these campaigns work? Like how do they how do they measure that? That's another big topic that everybody's always interested in performance.
1: Well, they get optimized just like every other campaign. So, when you set up your campaign, you determine what are we trying to prove, what are our metrics for success, so we can optimize towards viewability for uh, click through rates. You could have a, a separate landing page for people who click on your ad. All those types of things hold true. The same thing in contextual as everywhere else on the web. Okay, so no different. It's just more fun, right? Because we're we're reaching more people with the right offer. So we're finding not only people through our semantic, the topic creation of the user and the cookie, but we're also finding them on the pages that they visit directly. So we've got two
2: chances again. And and Laurel and Linda would love to add a few more things on the the contextual side. There's so many ways that we can build a contextual audience. We can, as Linda mentioned, it can come from a semantic topic, but we're currently working with brands where we are using their first-party audiences, understanding what that first-party audience consumed in terms of keywords and building contextual targeting from there. So, there are several strategies to get to contextual. There are semantics, um, there's semantics. There's first-party data. We are also using user-based IDs. And we are also using, if a brand is currently using, uh, ca- can export the user-based IDs from a DSP, we can also ingest that, those IDs and convert those to contextual. So, there is a lot of things we can do to our brand-direct clients.
0: Well, that's cool. And I had not heard any of that. So is it, is it kind of like using that um, like we would use as a seed audience for lookalike modeling? You know, when we think about like people-based audiences, is it Correct. kind of similar?
1: Go ahead, Linda. You want to take that? Yeah. Well, it's similar, right? So from a brand, we can tag their website and then we can look at the users that come to their website and then figure out the keywords and the contextual pages that we should use as the contextual audience moving forward so we're kind of reverse engineering where have they been what are they thinking about what are they where are they going and find more like them that's interesting that's really cool
2: and as we are preparing for the deprecation of cookies coming soon we are running some tests right now where we are converting some Axiom info-based audiences to contextual. So there's more to come on that uh, front as well.
0: Yeah, I want to hear the the results of those tests. That sounds really interesting. And you, br- you both brought up a few times, you know, the impending demise of the third-party cookie. And, you know, just in my own reading, you know, for work, I have seen mixed reviews on how concerned some brands are, or brands really are, or how much they are preparing for this. So I'm curious to get both of your thoughts on this topic of are advertisers preparing for third-party cookies going away? Um, so that's the first question. Then I've got a follow-up, but that's the first one. What do you see people doing already now, um, just as they begin to think about third-party cookies going away next year?
1: I see lots of testing, right? They're trying to get benchmarks of what's working today, what are my metrics today, so that they can see what happens later. I'm seeing more people use email as well. So as we're moving into the world of third-party cookies changing, they're trying to get more first-party data. They're trying to own their first-party data, manage it better, and then also doing more and more email campaigns. Now we just got a big announcement this week. Bum bum bum, iOS 15. It's going to change a lot of things with email. So, mm-hmm. while people are shifting money to email, they might be trying to get all those benchmarks in again right now because the changes of iOS 15 mean that they're not going to really look at open rates the way we've done in the past because Apple's
2: doing some really interesting things there. I agree with Linda. Um, brands should start now. Test, test, test. Totally agree with Linda. Nobody knows what's going to happen in terms of uh, there is a lot of user-based IDs out there in the marketplace. And we don't understand and we don't know how it's going to be this scale. So one, yes, include contextual targeting in your campaign that is 100% percent cookieless. So it is a cookie solution. It's completely independent and also independent of the, the user-based IDs. And as they're testing their user-based IDs, it's really important to also invest on in their first-body graph and real identity. Everything is unknown. We need to understand everything is a guess, right? Like we don't know how users are going to behave and how much consent they will give it. So looking forward to the results.
0: For sure. I think uh, anybody with a crystal ball could make billions right now. But since we don't have that, uh, what advice would you give uh, brands and advertisers now? What are some actions that they can and should be taking for the rest of the year, basically until third-party cookies go away next spring, right? Isn't that when it's supposed to happen?
1: Yeah, it's next spring. That's what
0: I thought. So you've got, you know, good... Six to nine months. Um, what advice would you would you say? What are some steps that uh, advertisers can take now as they prepare for this?
2: As they're preparing to that, um, maybe increase the budget towards uh, contextual. Interesting enough, is outside the United States the the brands spend more with contextual because cookie is not as advanced. So, as they are preparing for the deprecation of cookies, getting those benchmarks and increasing their contextual targeting could be a strategy, regardless of if they are building their first body graph or not. So, that would be my advice. The other thing
1: I would say is get more opt in consent. Get as much opt in as you can possibly get, make your website as appealing as you can, and start gathering more and more information on consumers. Know your consumers understand them, welcome them, and get those benchmarks and test.
0: For sure. So Linda, if somebody was listening to this podcast and wanted to get started with a contextual campaign, what do they need to do?
1: Reach out to dataguru at axiom.com. So we're Eager and willing to help you, just drop us a line. We also have a web page, shockingly, at axium.com/data-guru, where you can fill out a form, give us all your info, and we typically turn those requests around in 24 hours. So we'll give you all the the information on how we think you could best get started. Awesome.
0: Okay. And we always try to close out every podcast with a fun question. And the topic of cookies has been mentioned many, many times. So here's my question to you. Favorite type of cookie?
2: You know what? I don't have one. Oh, man. It's, maybe it's like, I love cookie dough, the ice cream, but I'm not a big fan of cookies. So there we, there go. we go. Cookie dough ice cream.
0: Love wow.
1: it. So I made a browned butter toffee chocolate chip cookie that's to die for, really.
2: I want one.
1: That sounds awesome. And I'm having a party Friday, so I'm going to be making those. And also I'm making vegan peanut butter cookies in case there's vegans in our group. Cover all bases.
0: Oh, so it kind of sounds like, you know, what we were saying, do a mix of people-based and contextual targeting, cover all your bases.
2: Cover That's all it. your bases. I like That's that.
0: That's Yeah. Linda is so strategic. She even applies, you know, a thoughtful approach to cookies. The real thing, not not third party.
1: I do a lot of A-B testing at home. It's my favorite thing to do is test and control, blind taste testing, all that stuff. It drives my family crazy, but I get the most joy out of it. So I have in my garden, my A-B split testing is working like a charm. (laughs) (laughs) The dead fish under the one set of tomatoes is far outperforming the others. Just got to say, dead fish in your garden, the way to go. And it doesn't make the
0: tomatoes taste wonky at all. I just okay. ate one. They're, right. they're delicious. You know, for those of you listening, you can't see Linda shaking her head no, but she says, nope, they're delicious. So there's your your main takeaway. Dead fish is great fertilizer for your tomatoes. And so personally, I'm thinking about cookies. Anything with nuts, nutty, nutty cookies. I like, I love it all. I'm a sucker for those. And I really want to try those, you know, brown butter toffee cookies you just mentioned. So I'm getting the recipe from you. All right. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I think this is a super timely topic. And if anyone has any questions, dataguru at axiom.com is your place for more information. Thanks a lot.